Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So what's the difference between a maverick and a narcissist? I mean, honestly, what's the real difference between the two? Well, I guess it's the difference between Kirsten Sinema, the senator from Arizona, and John McCain, the former senator from Arizona. Because the New York Times wants you to know that there's a big difference here. The hate for Senator Sinema, because Senator Sinema will not go along with the $3.5 trillion infrastructure plan. I mean, this is massive. The pressure campaign. It was Maureen Dowd of the New York Times who said... Why won't she vote for this? Doesn't she know Joe Biden needs a win? Ro Kahana, the, the representative from California, part of the squad, part of that liberal group, you gotta get in line. This is a politics is a team sport. In the New York Times in the opinion pages, it writes uh, the bipartisanship that was once a source of liberation for her seems to have become a rigid identity. There's a difference it turns out, between being a maverick and being a narcissist. And the answer, of course, is whether or not the prevailing uh, people in the world of journalism, which is to say the Democratic Party, agree or disagree with you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number of Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. John Gabriel who uh, is over there at Ricochet and writes for AZ Central, he is a man of Arizona, pointed out this piece over at New York Times and writes on Twitter that 99% of national media pieces on cinema reveal no interest in understanding her, only controlling her. That's why they keep failing. And, John, it's good to have you on the show. And very much the argument for cinema is not about where she's coming from. It's that she isn't doing what she's told. That's the prevailing wisdom of the intelligentsia that call themselves journalists today. Hey, Tony. Yeah, you're completely right. And, uh, yeah, that latest piece in the New York Times and just the general freakout among the left that she isn't doing what she's being told, uh, these are the exact same people who cheered and raved every time John McCain stuck it to the GOP and, you know, what a maverick, what a brave hero he is. And the exact same people are uh, just caterwauling because Kirsten Cinema thinks it might not be a great idea to, while we have huge inflation, while we're nearly, you know, $29 trillion in debt, she thinks it might not be the best idea for her and her constituents to spend $3.5 trillion like that's how could she be so crazy that she doesn't want to spend all this money we do not have? Um, yeah, so the hypocrisy here really is remarkable. And uh, just the tin ear, they need to understand where she's coming from and realize they only have 50 votes in the Senate. Uh, this isn't enough to pass something that would eclipse the New Deal in spending. So now let's take a step back because when we engage the conversation of Senator Cinema who ran against Martha McSally, the Republican, who is one of the great candidates on paper and translates horrifically when it comes to the actual running of a campaign. This is multiple times that Martha McSally and her team have proven they can't do it on the bigger stage, no matter how good they look on paper. 
Senator Cinema, then uh, uh, alleged, I believe just part of the state legislature, uh, she was considered a socialist. And the, the pamphlets about uh, supporting socialist events, yet when it comes to the Senate, she's been this very, very, very strange mystery wrapped inside a riddle inside an enigma. Explain what cinema was before to the people of Arizona, what she is now, and what it is that Americans might be missing about her. Yeah, well, I think she's changed a lot. Just uh, seeing if you want to actually get things done, you need to sometimes at least work across the aisle. When she started out in Arizona, she worked in the state house. She was elected there. She started out actually in the Green Party for about four years, couldn't win an election, became a Democrat, called herself a Prada-socialist, meaning basically, you know, she liked Marx but also liked to wear nice clothing as well. Um, so she was really on the far, far left. But then she really had a transformation and just started working across the aisle aggressively. Uh, she would pick out the most conservative uh, people in the state house and just work with them to get some things done, to try to find these uh, issues that most people, regardless of their party, agree upon. And uh, she's been stuck there ever since. She was actually my representative when she was elected to Congress and uh, drove me crazy because I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a Republican in there. But anytime I got a mailer from her, it was, you know, nothing but seas of waving American flags, smiling veterans. You would think she was the most rock rib conservative uh, you would ever talk to. And that's how she ran for Senate as well. She never mentioned the Democratic Party. She just stressed, I'm an independent. I work across the aisle. This is who I am. So she has really transformed herself over the years. And uh, just this let's mock and humiliate and chase into bathrooms, change her mind. I, I think it's only going to stiffen her spine. You know, I when she's up for re-election, I'm probably voting GOP because I think I'd rather have a Republican there than a Democrat. But uh, she is willing to uh, tweak the nose of the party bosses. And uh, the same people who loved it when McCain did that uh, sure do hate it when she does it. Talking to John Gabriel, editor at Ricochet. You find his work at AZ Central. Uh, XJohn on Twitter, E-X-J-O-N. Your piece in National Review, to understand cinema, you need to understand Arizona. So, okay, I want to understand what it is that she's doing. Certainly when it comes to the $3.5 trillion, I want to know where the real opposition is. But what is it that you need to understand about Arizona in order to understand Senator Cinema? I think a lot of uh, states in the Mountain West kind of share this as well. I'm sure a lot of people in Indiana feel the same way. But uh, what you have here in Arizona, uh, you know, are you a red state or a blue state or are you purple or what? And I always explain to political newcomers here, if they move to the state, maybe won a campaign or something like that, I said, just to understand the state, we're not progressive, certainly, but we're not really conservative. Arizona is contrarian. Uh, we just get so tired of uh, people on the East Coast, especially in D.C., whether it's Wall Street, whatever. Uh, we just love tweaking their noses. And sometimes, uh, you know, we'll cut off our own nose despite our despite our face. But on the other hand, if you have a statewide Arizona politician who's getting yelled at by Hollywood celebrities, 
getting yelled at by party bosses, getting yelled at by uh, media columnists in uh, New York and D.C. Um, voters back home love that. Um, it's almost one of these things like uh, city slickers versus country folk or something like that. But people in Arizona want someone who challenges the status quo, even if it's their own party sometimes. And uh, you can see that going back to McCain, who would tick off conservatives like myself, but before him, Goldwater, who would tick off, I guess you'd call them the rhinos of their day, uh, he just loved tweaking their noses. And Cinema was born and raised in Arizona, and I think she observed those people and uh, has kind of, over the years, uh, become more to their liking and just saying, yeah, I, I do want to tweak to outsiders. I have my own ideas, and uh, if I want to represent the people of my state, I'm not just going to take marching orders from the press, from uh, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or uh, anyone else who thinks they can control me. So we've seen her oppose the $3.5 trillion, which isn't an infrastructure bill as we know it. And, and certainly it seems to be the idea of the spending, although I have not heard whether or not she opposes specific things within the bill. But where does this also put her on things like, for example, the debt limit where Joe Biden has gone and lost his mind. Republicans are going to destroy the country if we don't raise the debt limits. They're the most evil people in the world. He's trying to, of course, take uh, the eye off of the disaster that was the Democratic Party on both of these infrastructure bills, which they single-handedly uh, ruined. Where is she on the debt limit? I mean, is it just this spending conversation on the $3.5 trillion? Or is her plan to say, you know what, I'm going to burn part of it down until we figure out how to do this better? Yeah, I think she would want to give in on the debt limit um, like most politicians. She's still, you know, a lot of us conservatives can root her on. <laughs> she's uh, annoying Democrats, but she's by no means is she a conservative um, ideologically or otherwise. And so I think she would want to get to some kind of situation where they can raise the, uh, raise the debt ceiling. Um, at this point, it's not a debt ceiling. It's a retractable roof. All, all they want to do is get further in debt. Uh, but I think that would actually motivate her to want to support the Democrats to increase that. Um, you know, But the $3.5 trillion, I think just anybody looks at that with any common sense and says, this is crazy, <laughs> especially with inflation rising. Talking to John Gabriel of AZ Central, writing there in Arizona, and the editor at Ricochet, ricochet.com. She's not a conservative. Nobody should think she's a conservative. But the people on the political right, and these are our people, John, and we have hung around them, we've had drinks with them, and we have seen them in their worst and at their best. Man, oh man, do they love to pick up a new idol every now and again. They love to celebrate people who do one thing they agree with and laud and glorify them and put them up on, on, on that pedestal every which way. Have you been cautioning against doing that with cinema as you're just discussing right now? Or is, is there a bit of horse out of the barn and people are just going to do this because it works for them at the moment to get a couple of hits or a couple of likes on social media, then they'll go back to bashing in two days? Yeah, I've warned several people and living here in Arizona as well. You know, I'll see people, especially if they don't follow politics too closely. Um, and I know these rock rib conservatives are like, oh, heck yeah, I'm voting for her to be reelected. Re this is fun. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
she does not agree with you or with me or any other conservatives, really. Um, it's great to see the occasional time where, where we can side with her and cheer her on. But, uh, yeah, by no means, I think at this point, she's more of a moderate Democrat, uh, but that's still far too far to the left for most of the people in the GOP, certainly the party base. So, yeah, there's no need to idolize any politician, let alone uh, a Democrat. But you can admire the pluck and just the general annoyance. Uh, it's pretty fun to watch uh, everyone in the Beltway squirm. Why can't we control her? Uh, that part is fun. Uh, it, that that part really phone. is amazing because it, it's even it's even more to the point of just about her. They're saying out loud, your job is to do what we media tell you. When the New York Times puts this out there, they're saying quite clearly, we tell you what to do and then you go do it. That's our deal, honey. And that's what they're, I mean, it is in that sexist style. Anybody who's okay with a woman being followed into the bathroom is clearly okay with sexism. And this is the part that seems they are more disgusted by than anything else. Yeah, and I, I think part of the reason I wrote this article for National Review, just trying to explain this kind of uh, joke that it's an oppositional defiant disorder that uh, many of us in the Mountain West have, just wanting to tweak the outsider and things. But uh, it's just been amazing to see how foolish these people are thinking they can change her mind by saying, oh, wow, now she'll be in trouble in Arizona, you know, out in the deserts, out in the mountains. She'll really be in trouble because this lady from the New York Times doesn't approve of her. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of comical to those of us, people in Indiana, people in Arizona, that uh, someone sitting in a cubicle in Manhattan would think this way. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought if you want to change her mind, that is the worst way to go about it. It's just going to stiffen her resolve and make her rise in the polls statewide in the state that she represents. By the way, just so we all are on the same page, there's no way she says, all right, Democrats, I'll be an independent. Well, be best of luck to you. She's not doing that, is she? No, no, I don't see that happening at all. Uh, some people have said, wow, may maybe you should cross the aisle, Christian Cinema." No, she's she's by no means a Republican of any kind, let alone a conservative. Um, but I think she realizes that by working across the aisle, she can be a senator. You know, look at Mitt Romney when he'll do these things to undercut our last President Trump, and it would annoy Republicans all the time. But people kept talking about him. And I think if she can be seen to be reaching across the aisle as a Democrat, uh, voters back home will be more likely to support her. And uh, looking at the track record of the state going all the way back to the 1960s, um, they want senators who work across the aisle and don't mind uh, ticking off their own leadership. John Gabriel, AZ Central. You find him at Ricochet, ricochet.com. You can also check out his podcast over there as well. The man does a little bit of everything, so be sure to check it out. John, the king of stuff. That's uh, I believe that's the podcast. I believe that's where you find it right there. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. They continue for the search for this shooter, this school shooting that took place in Arlington, Texas, Timberview High School. 
four people, including three students, injured by what they believe is a student. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today is so good to be with you. Uh, they were doing press conferences from the school. The SWAT teams from local uh, municipalities were doing room-by-room -room searches and getting students out of the schools, getting them reunited with uh, parents. This is the Mansfield Independent School District, which has its own police department. Grand Prairie Police Department, other agencies working with the FBI and ATF. They have identified a suspect. Now... I'm going to, if it's all right with you, I work like this. I'm going to take a breath and a beat. But I have got definitive things to say, depending on how things go forward. Because this shooting has been covered by Fox News since it began. But the people of CNN have stopped covering it. They stopped covering it about two hours after it began. And there's a question as to why Fox would keep covering a school shooting and CNN would stop covering a school shooting because it's no longer an active situation, because there's a suspect that's on the run. Believe, people believe, police believe, that uh, the shooter fled the scene in a 2018 silver Dodge Charger. The home or a home is being searched right now. There are questions to be asked to which I don't have answers because I am old enough to know that sometimes they, these media apparati, get things completely wrong. It's why I take a breath and a beat. It's why I take a moment. And I know I get yelled at for it. Ah, oh, Tony. Yeah. I'm 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 cool with this. But the fact that one news organization is engaged in the story, and have we checked what MSNBC is doing? I don't I don't I don't have a third TV uh to to, to bring up in here. What is MSNBC? No, MSNBC doesn't even have it. Oh wait, yes they do. Four hurt in shooting at Texas high school. Suspect is armed and dangerous. They've got that under breaking. In the same size, they have, well, look at that. If it isn't costly consequences for Alex Jones' despicable actions. So you see how they focus these things. We'll keep our eyes on this story. That we will do more to get to. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. This is Tony Katz today. Take away from the whistleblower? Man, you've just given Congress all of the authority they're ever going to want to break up this, break up that, break up the other, go on the attack, go on the assault. Facebook is guilty of this. Social media is guilty of this. And now what you do is let's make sure those right-wingers don't talk. I'm sorry, how do we get involved in this? Doesn't matter. That's what we're going to do with the information we've been given. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. That's going to happen. We're already seeing this play out. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand saying that 
Francis Haugen was right. Francis Haugen was the one who was the, the whistleblower. We need a dedicated regulatory agency to hold Facebook and other big tech companies accountable for how their algorithms push misinformation and how our data is used and misused for their profit. Following up with, we need a data protection agency, and she had this clip. I also believe there needs to be a dedicated oversight body because right now the only people in the world who are trained to analyze these experiments, to understand what's happening inside of Facebook, are people who you know, grew up inside of Facebook or Pinterest or another social media company. And there needs to be a regulatory home where someone like me could do a tour of duty after working at a place like this and, and have a place to work on things like regulation, to bring that information out to the oversight boards that, that have the right to, to do oversight. A regulatory agency within the federal government. Yes. That's frightening. What I said uh, yesterday was that this is going to give them the opportunity. And certainly, if you tell people that Facebook is not engaged with making sure that what they say is not being presented to children is not being presented to children. So, for example, if, if a 14-year-old is not supposed to be getting pornography and the system doesn't create a situation by which the 14-year-old is presented for pornography, right? It doesn't work. Well, that could be a problem. If the whole thing is built on AI, artificial intelligence, that's a real issue. That's something that parents are going to get up in arms about. The answer is a government agency, a data protection agency, Senator Gillibrand. Now I know why your presidential career went absolutely nowhere. Why don't we just call it what it is, a ministry of truth? George Orwell lives, people. George Orwell lives. A ministry of truth to be able to let us know what is real information and what is misinformation. Democrats and big government fans have long wanted a reason to start their own ministry of truth. This should indeed frighten all rational citizens. And it does. I only made the argument yesterday that this is an opportunity. And they're going to take the opportunity. They're going to take it in every way they possibly can. I'm not even sure how you begin to stop them. I don't actually know. I do know uh, that the ratings were in, and for Saturday Night Live, they were miserable. First uh, episode of the season, and pfft, nothing. Although they did manage to get nearly the entire cast back. There was one guy who I actually liked who didn't come back. I don't know if he decided to leave on his own. Or or uh, or whether he was a let go. But not doing well. If you're not willing to do the work, if you're not willing to poke the fun, it's kind of hard to get people to buy into what it is that you do. And people noticed that on Weekend Update, they ended by paying tribute to the late, great Norm MacDonald. And actually played some of his jokes. And they were funny jokes. And one of them was an OJ joke. And, of course, it was always a question of whether uh, 
Norm got fired because of the OJ jokes because OJ was a friend of the NBC head Don Olmeyer and maybe Clinton jokes and Don Olmeyer didn't like that. It's possible. I, I I'll I'll never know the truth. I don't think we will ever know uh, the the truth there. But I thought it was good of them to play that. Uh, good on you and share that. I think I think I think it's great and terrific. But you gotta be you gotta be willing to make those hits and do those hits. You got to be willing to punch at your own side. I mean, they did a whole thing where they did an attack on Senator Cinema, but that's not that's not daring. Question whether Joe Biden has any mental acuity left. Now we're on to something. Now we'd be on to something. This goes into the idea of perspective. Perspective matters a great deal. Let me give you an, an example. According to some polling, and again, I'm with you. I don't buy into polls. I, I don't know what to trust anymore. I really, truly don't. But they still put them out there, and some of them you might think have some value. According to Gallup, the favorability among independents for Democrats has plummeted, thir plummeted 13 points. So the... Um, it's gone from 48 to 35 percent. This is where independents rate the entirety of the Democratic Party, and right now they're rating them pretty low. Well, that's something uh, as you get ready for an election in a year. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to scare anybody with that. Did I, did I freak anybody out by letting them know that there's going to be an election in a year? I mean, that's that's where we are. We're just 12 months away from having uh, the midterms. November 2022, it's, September, it's October, sorry. It's October 2021. So I don't, I, I mean, just be, just be uh, prepared for it. So if you have this 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 favorability that's down, well, they got to go somewhere or not vote at all. Uh, both are bad things if you're the Democratic Party. But if I were to take this information and now apply it to what I see on television news, the Biden team's doing just fine and everything's great. Now, they have, in some ways, honestly discussed, for example, they did do a bit of honest reporting regarding Afghanistan. That lasted for a short while. But they've, they've allowed this whole idea of the debt limit to become a conversation as opposed to the Democrats' failure on infrastructure. They're still playing at this game of trying to boost this party, their team. If you were to watch television, the perspective is they're doing great. If you were to ask the people, the perspective is uh, not so much. Perspective. Let's take it over to Phil Kirpin, who you've heard on this show many, many times. Writer, a thinker, fantastic with data, not a doctor, but we often bring him in to break down the data of what's going on with COVID in, in the states. We're seeing COVID rise in, in the north, and we're seeing massive drop-offs in the south. 
and yet they don't have mask mandates and other things like that, and Florida is doing so much better. These things come in waves, people. Maybe masks aren't the answer. Oh, by the way, masks are not the answer. But Phil Kirpin made a point. In Washington, D.C., over the months of June, July, August, and September, in June... The reported COVID deaths in Washington, D.C., June of 2021. Reported COVID deaths in Washington, D.C., seven. In July, eight. In August, 12. In September, 15. Seven, eight, 12, 15. June, July, August, September. Seven COVID deaths, then eight, then 12, then 15. The D.C. reported homicides... June, July, August, and September. 14, 21, 24, and 18. So seven reported COVID deaths in June. 14 reported homicides in June. Double the homicides. Eight reported COVID deaths in July. 21 reported homicides in July. More than double. 12 reported COVID deaths in August. 24 reported homicides in August, double. 15 reported COVID deaths in September, 18 homicides in September, three more. Perspective. No one says, my gosh, look at all the homicides. Let's shut down the restaurants. Homicides, you have to wear a mask. No one says such a thing. But we can clearly see that homicides, homicides are in greater numbers. Why shouldn't we look at this? Why can't we discuss this? Why, if you bring this up, it's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. I don't argue not to protect yourself regarding COVID. I don't argue don't get the vaccine. I argue we shouldn't force people to get the vaccine. I don't argue don't wear a mask. Feel free to wear one if you choose. I argue you can't force people to wear a mask. And that I also argue that masks don't do anything regarding COVID. They will stop the spread of something because it's a mask, but they do not stop the spread of COVID. They just don't work that way. Whether we're talking about the Louisville study, University of Waterloo study, this is what I'm basing myself upon. You've got something else, send it my way. Tony at TonyCouch.com, I'll read it. Absolutely. But perspective matters a great deal, and we seem to have lost all rational ways of doing this. What we have gathered and decided only is that there's one way to do it. Just like we talk about how uh, Democrats in the par- in the press are treating Senator Cinema. Senator Cinema. There's only one way to do it. Every other way, pfft, not acceptable. Why? Because we're the ones that tell you how to do it. Joe Manchin, he has to vote for a $3.5 trillion package. This is him in his own words. Cuts pay their fair share. I think the corporations that enjoy this great country and the comfort and the protection of this great country, pay their fair share. I think also we have to make sure that we're committed to children, children at the beginning of life, that we can help them, and also our seniors at the end of life, that we can give them the dignity and the quality of life of living in your home if you desire to do that. These are all things we can set priorities. This is not a hard, this is not a heavy lift. Um, 
I think also lowering the price of drugs makes no sense at all that we don't go out and negotiate. The VA does a tremendous job. Medicaid does it. Why doesn't Medicare? These are things we all can agree on very easily. And also, uh, I've been very clear when it comes to who we are as a, as a society, who we are as a nation, and why we are still the hope of the world. I don't believe that we should turn our society into an entitlement society. I think that we should still be a compassionate, rewarding society. I think that fares best for all of us. But compassion means taking care of those who can't take care of themselves, whether they're young, whether they've had some type of a, of, of a, um, a challenge in life, whether it be mental or physical. Those are responsibilities that we have, and we can all meet those responsibilities. And I feel very strongly about that. And we will continue. This is going to take time to get this done. Getting it done quickly is not going to benefit anybody. So let's make sure that we do it and do it right. There's no doing it and doing it right. There's doing it the way you're told, Senator Manchin. By the way, you want to have a compassionate society and not an entitlement society. Well, you're about to run into a lot of opposition because people like Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez got elected based on the entitlement society. You are at odds with your party. Ah, you will have to be destroyed. Your perspective has been deemed worthless. That's my, that's my evil genius voice. Worthless, I say. What kind of thing are you thinking not going along with everybody else? You must swim with the current, young man. Do what you are told. Politics is a team sport. It's a team sport, I say. So, yeah, he's going to get his butt kicked. There's no room for the meritocracy. Like, there's no room for any other perspective than what uh, the, the holier-than-thous are deciding. This is the problem. The problem. Well, one of the problems. I'm Tony Katz. It'll be all over your social media feeds, and there'll be full updates tomorrow. Right now, police are still looking for this shooter, the school shooting that took place in Arlington, Texas earlier. Three students injured, possibly a teacher injured as well. The suspect, an 18-year-old, still missing. T uh, parents are being connected with their kids. They've gone through the school. They have swept every single room and they are getting kids to a whole different area to be reunited this took place in the school it was supposedly a fight uh, that that started and that led to a shooting which is going to lead to a lot of questions for sure and then there's going to be a conversation of the carrying of the story because it seems that fox news has been carrying this story straight and CNN and MSNBC have not. And some people are going to ask why, because after all, it's a school shooting. And when there's a school shooting, well, my goodness gracious, that gets covered. And that's get covered. You, and people immediately start screaming about, uh, uh, you know, got to stop the Second Amendment and, uh, oh, these, these terrible gun owners, you know, all, all the things that, that get screamed and, and yelled about in this irrational way. You'll notice I haven't used a name here. I haven't used a name. I'm not about to. I want to make sure they got the information right. If they don't have the information right, none of this matters. So it's it's 
I, I consider it my job to take a beat and to take a breath and to just woe up just a little bit and make sure that this information is accurate before it gets shared. And that's what we're doing. But why are some covering it and some not? Very interesting. I'll have a theory on that tomorrow as we get more information. Meanwhile, Joe Biden keeps yelling and screaming about the debt limit. Who's he, who's he actually talking to here? Republicans are going to destroy the country if we don't raise the debt limit? The spending's going to destroy the country, Joe. Why can't we just say so already? Uh, it's too much like work. I get you. Find me on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today.